when I hit rock bottom and I was depressed and I had anxiety and all these different things, all of a sudden I wasn't concerned with the opinions of other people. I wasn't concerned whether there were people watching me, whether they were judging me because for me to get up and try something, I didn't feel like I had anything to lose because now I was at rock bottom. You have nothing to lose when you're at rock bottom. Get up superstar, it's time to shine. Here's to the fierce queens, the delusional dreamer, the one who thinks she's all that because she marches to the beat of her own drum. She's not afraid to embrace her flaws and she finds power in using failure as fuel for evolution. Defying the limits imposed by perfectionism and imposter syndrome, she faces her fears with full confidence in God because the one who put her here also called her to have dominion here. My name is Barbara Moachi, your online bestie and chair executive officer. Join me and women across the world who refuse to let fear keep them from their wildest dreams. This is Boldly Becoming. I personally struggle with the overwhelming pressure to succeed when I take a big bold step and a big bold risk. I literally woke up this morning and there are a couple of opportunities that I have lined up. And these aren't opportunities in the sense that like my face is going to be on a billboard or like, you know, I'm going to go audition for Miss Essay again. It's not that kind of situation. It's more opportunities to connect with people and opportunities to grow in relationships with people that I admire, people, you know, just that kind of situation. And I kid you not, for a good two and a half hours, I just lay in my bed completely. Sorry, the, the sliding door at home is broken. So the gardener was here the other day. He was like cutting grass. I don't know what he was doing. And then it hit the sliding door and then the whole sliding door just like cracked. So now it's crumbling like a piece by piece. It's the craziest thing ever, but it's getting fixed tomorrow. Trust. <laughs> I sat in bed this morning for two hours, completely crippled by the idea of opportunity. That's really all it was. I really am putting myself out there with these situations and I'm putting myself out there at such a big scale that, ah, oh, like the thought of it, like, what am I going to wear? What am I going to say? How am I going to walk? What am I going to look like? All of these different things. And I had to do a couple of things to calm me down where number one, I had to take a notebook and write down all of my fears on that notebook. Like, I'm afraid they're all just going to hate me. I'm afraid this is going to happen. I'm afraid that's going to happen. I'm afraid I won't be charming enough. I'm afraid I won't be this. I won't be that. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Once I did that, and as I was doing that, I really felt myself becoming calmer <laughs> as I was going down and filling that page. I literally filled the entire page with just, I'm afraid. And I put all my fears on there. And then I went to go lie down on the bed. I grabbed a pillow and I cuddled it and I whispered a prayer to God because something that I think kept ringing in my head was that scripture. I don't even know where it is. I know it's somewhere in Philippians where it says, don't worry about anything. I think it's Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Um, there's also another scripture and it's Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 to 35, where it says, does anyone add even an inch 
to their height by worrying about their problems. I think this is like a paraphrase of the message translation. It is it's a bad paraphrase of multiple translations, right? But can any of you add an inch to your height by worrying about your problems? And then it goes on to say, do you not worry about tomorrow, what you will wear, what you will eat? Tomorrow has its own problems, right? If God cares so much about the flowers in the field and the sparrow in the air, how much more do you think God is concerned about your life as a human that was called to have dominion over those things? And so I just kind of like sat there in fetal position, cuddling my pillow and softly whispering my prayer and anxiety to God. This is not something that happened years ago, weeks ago. I'm telling you about something that happened today, hours ago, where I literally was praying. I was like, God, oh my God, <laughs> oh my God, God. This is how I feel. Like, I really feel like, what if this happens? Like, what if that happens? What if this happens? What if that happens? And, and then remembering all the scriptures about who God says I am and what he has called me and all the different words that he's given me in the past years. And then kind of like affirming myself, but like in prayer and saying, God, you say I'm this. Please infuse me with inner strength so that I can walk that out so that I can walk out in my truth so that I can stand boldly in who you've called me to be I've come this far you guys know I've got a track record of believing God for some of the most ridiculous things and one of my friends actually said this on the phone with me I'll tell you a story where I was sitting on this very couch like four weeks ago or so and I wanted I wasn't going to share this with you by the way today I just I've just decided that whatever rabbit hole i go in conversation in my podcast episodes or youtube channel or whatever it is that i'm doing whether it's professional whatever it doesn't matter whatever rabbit hole i'm going down on i'm going to choose to trust myself and i'm going to choose to trust the fact that god has given me a gift right i literally was watching trevor noah while straightening my hair today and i realized how much of myself I've tried to sharpen away in order to fit into different rooms and in order to fit into different spaces. And I don't know if you remember the podcast episode where I shared with you, um, I was reading this book, actually, it's right here actually, because I carry it with me everywhere I go. You should get this book if you've got money. Um, it's called The Gifts of Perfection by Brene Brown. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful book. And I really, really do recommend this book to anyone who has a fear of failure, a fear of rejection, a fear of not being good enough, a fear of anything. Get yourself this book. And in one of the things that she speaks about in this book, she talks about the idea of belonging versus being accepted. Belonging and fitting in are not the same thing in that when you are fitting in, it means that you are just yourself how you are, the way that you think, speak, operate in order to be accepted by people around you. And so in everything that you do, whether it's an opportunity, whether it's life, relationships, whatever it is, your goal should never be to fit in, but your goal should always be to belong. And I was watching Trevor Noah and Trevor Noah is someone who I've admired my entire life. I remember my mom used to buy me his DVDs as a kid because I was obsessed um, I used to watch Crazy Normal over and over and over and over and over again on DVD. I don't know if children of today know what DVDs are, but yeah, back in my day, <laughs> I've always wanted to say that, back in my day, we had DVD. And there's something particularly special about Trevor Noah. First of all, Trevor Noah is very talented in the sense that 
he is amazing at taking social issues and advocating for social issues but like using humor as his key to open that door so he is a funny guy we all love him because he's funny but that becomes his key to open the door to a room of a hundred thousand new yorkers right and now he's got the attention of a hundred thousand new yorkers what is he going to do with that attention he's going to address the issue of women being sexually harassed and catcalled in the streets of new york but how is he going to address that issue using humor and so he kind of is living in purpose in the sense that he is an activist to some degree but no one calls him an activist because He's a comedian and he can get away with addressing the difficult and tough conversations because he's a comedian and he's just a funny guy. But you leave his shows always thinking to yourself, man, I know it was funny, but what he said is true. I kind of need to rethink how I've been living my life and my actions and such and so on and so forth. And as he was going on in these different rabbit holes and stuff, I kind of started seeing parts of myself in him that I let go where I've kind of tried to chip away at this idea of me being a girl who loves telling stories and telling different stories and 15 different stories in the same time. Because what I've seen from most podcasts that I love and women that I admire is that they're able to walk into a room and make one very bold strong statement and everybody in the room is left flabbergasted we're all impressed and we're all going home bawling our eyes out because we realize that we have been empowered that we have been given a tool that is going to take us to the next level and we're going to rise and become better people because of that strong powerful statement that zozi beanie said you know zozi said we should just we should just cement ourselves and take up space she didn't go into a rabbit hole she just said a sentence and now all of us are just thinking take up space and that's impacting us everywhere that we go, in everything that we do. But I can't be Zosie Bini. I can't be Trevor either. I can't be anyone except Barbara. And for as long as I'm trying to be as big, bold, statemented as Zosie Bini is, I'll never be good enough because I'll never be Zosie Bini. And if I try to address social issues and become an activist, but using comedy as a medium, maybe I could pull it off because I am a funny girl. I had to say it, you know, even if I have to say it myself, if I do so, so myself, I am a funny girl sometimes, you know. So, you know, I could pull it off. Like I could pull off the idea of like, you know, let's address social issues, but use so humor as, as a key to get into rooms. But I'm not Trevor Noah. I'll never be Trevor Noah. So for as long as I'm trying to, do it Trevor's way I'll never be good enough because I'll never be as great as the original I'll never be Trevor so I really need to learn the idea of allowing myself to develop and bloom into who I am develop and bloom in my personality in my crazy ideas and in my wild stories and so what I was trying to tell you look even my train of thought came back do you see how powerful this thing is what I was trying to tell you is I have this friend who says that she believes that God has given me the talent of having faith. Now, everybody has got faith, but she says I'm very talented in it. And it was after telling her about the situation where I particularly was stressed about what I was going to wear to a certain event. And I was like, oh my goodness, what am I going to wear? What am I going to wear? I don't know what I'm going to wear. And 
I said, okay, God, I know that you speak through dreams and visions, and that's how you speak to me most of the time. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take a nap. And I took a nap right here on this couch. I'm going to take a nap, my Lord. And you're going to come and speak to me in that dream. And you're going to tell me exactly what to wear. You're going to show me what to wear. And I'm going to wake up and I'm going to get into the car. And I'm going to go buy it. That's how much I'm going to trust you, Lord. So speak to me, my Lord. And I went to sleep. <laughs> I went to sleep. And lo and behold, I go to sleep. And an outfit comes to me in my dream. <laughs> Excuse me, I felt a little burp coming on there. An outfit comes to me in my dream and I'm like, exactly, that is what I'm going to wear. But here's the gag. The gag is, in this outfit, there is a pair of shoes that I'm wearing. And these pair of shoes cost 1,900 rand. 1,900 rand. That is the price of a wig, guys. I can go buy another wig. 1,900 rand. I think I can go to Mr. Price and come up with an entire capsule wardrobe. Or even H&M and come out with an entire capsule wardrobe. 1,900 Rand. Like 1,900 Rand, I can buy groceries for one person. Oh, electricity is back. For one person for an entire month. 1,900 Rand is a lot of money. So I'm sitting on the couch like, Lord, I hear you. But when I'm looking at my bank account and I'm looking at what you're asking me to do, you're asking me for my whole life, my Lord. I cannot do it. I cannot do it because if I buy the shoes, there won't even be money left for me to buy the dress. So like, how are we going to make this work? How are we going to make this work, Jesus? And I remember I went to my room and I literally looked up at the corner. It's so weird because I'm always doing something so random at the moment that big things are happening that I'm trusting God for. But there's one light in the corner of my room that I'm looking at. And I look at this light while I'm sitting on my bed and I'm like, okay, God, here's the deal. I will go and buy those shoes, but on one condition. Those shoes have to be on sale from that 1,900 Rand that I know they are. Because these are the Bonang Steve Madden shoes, by the way. So I know the price of every single item in that collection because I want every single item in that collection. So I'm like, God, these shoes are 1,899 Rand. The only way I'm going to buy them is if they become 1,200 and 99 rand so i do that little cute prayer and it's not even a prayer really it really was like a split second conversation with god and i get in my car and i drive to my mom's house um because that's where like the strong powerful wi-fi is and i'm like okay let me go to my mom's house and i'm gonna search for the dress that i saw in my dream and then search and see the price for these Steve Maddens. But as I'm driving from my dad's house to my mom's house, I'm literally sitting in the car thinking to myself, oh my word, like, what if, how delusional am I to think that, like, just because I asked God to take the price down from 1.9, it's going to be 1.2 for real, 1.3 for real. Like, that's so delusional. Like, what if it doesn't happen? I know I'm just going to open my laptop and it's not going to be 1.3. Like, that's crazy. And I remember as I was turning the corner, I hadn't even left my dad's estate. I just thought to myself, no man, you're supposed to protect your thoughts. You made a prayer and you made that prayer in faith. Now believe God for the prayer to be answered. Believe that God will do it. So now I'm like intentionally driving. But as I'm driving, I'm like trying to focus on blocking out any negative thought that comes to mind. So I'm driving and like, oh, bad thoughts. Oh, those shoes are mine. Oh, 
those shoes are mine. <clears throat> so as I get to my laptop, I get extremely nervous because I'm like, oh, I don't know, 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 I don't know. But like, also, I'm not saying I don't know because I'm protecting my thoughts, right? I'm guarding my thoughts against all of this because I don't want doubt to enter. I want to keep the faith. I want to keep the faith. I open up the website, open up the shoe, and the shoe was 1,295 rand. I was blown away immediately i call my friend because now imagine the shoe is no longer 1.9 but that still doesn't mean it's not 1295 rand 1295 rand is a lot of money guys 1000 rand is a lot of money like paying a thousand rand for shoes is crazy business like i'm just like i'm going through it especially because it's not something i planned for do you understand what i'm saying i i didn't have the plan to do that with that money so i call a friend and I let her know what's happening. Or I called her, she didn't answer. So I left her a VN and I just sat there kind of like going back and forth. Like, oh, and I don't know how long the sale is going to be on for. So like, I need to clear this card. You know, I need to clear this card right now. And I sent her the VN. Luckily, she listens to it within two minutes. So fine. She listens to the whole 10 minute VN. Then she starts off by saying, okay, yeah, wow, 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 wow. You definitely should buy the shoes before you start thinking about it. Because this is another thing is that sometimes like when i feel like god has spoken to me about something i know that i need to act on this thing but at the same time i'm kind of like <laughs> i don't want to act on this thing because i i start thinking about the risk involved with it i start thinking about what would happen if i spend this 1.3 for real what if tomorrow then i need to do this and like i just go into risk analysis mode and i end up not obeying what i believe god is telling me to do in that very moment because i've just overanalyzed the situation and overanalyzed my way out of obedience so she's like get it together barbara clear that card right now so i'm like okay if somebody else outside of me is saying clear that card right now and this was not just anyone this is my friend who i pray with about everything like whenever something's good she's like walks through me through the most difficult situations with me in prayer all the time this is my prayer buddy so i know she's going to hold me accountable accountable and call me out if i'm doing something that's out of line so i'm like okay fine let's clear the cart i put the shoe in my cart now when i say go to cart the shoe price was even less it was like 800 and like 90 something right oh my praise the lord hallelujah praise the lord hallelujah and at that time steve madden is doing like free delivery for orders over 600 or something like that so i'm like and i'm not gonna pay for shipping i'm paying 800 grand for the shoe and it's gonna be delivered to my house for free <laughs> and i'm like how good is god how good is god and i remember being in grade three and the same thing happened where i entered a raffle at school and this raffle right in order to enter it they gave us a sheet where every single person had to answer these math questions and the math questions differed in difficulty from grade one level to grade eight level right but this is for primary school so i'm in grade three and i'm now faced with this dilemma of filling out this form that has grade one to grade eight math mind you grade threes have not learned software x so now i had to go inquire of my mom and my mom had to kind of like help me figure out this thing and because we took the forms home it was a whole thing and if you got the questions 
a hundred percent correct like as in you got hundred percent for that math test right they put the hundred percents in one big box and then one day during assembly the box is placed on the um, stage and the headmaster goes and picks one test out of that box from the entire school submission so i'm going up against grade ones grade twos grade threes fine but i'm also going up against grade fours grade fives grade six and grade seven and even the grade sevens are doing grade eight math so all of us are just like this is big competition and i remember thinking to myself in that moment i don't want to think negative thoughts and i literally started doing this I sat in assembly. It's the weirdest thing. And this moment sticks with me for the rest of my life. I sat in assembly like this while the principal was talking and trying to like, you know, like when before they announce stuff, they always want to like get the anxiety in the room up and like build up towards it. And I was like, I'm not going to listen to this. I am going to focus on this. I am going to do this. And I kind of did this. And I think at the time I wasn't saved. I only got saved in grade nine. I didn't know God, Jesus, the whole thing. I didn't know the idea of asking you shall receive. I didn't know the idea of, you know, believing God for something and then protecting your faith, protecting that seed of faith. All I knew was what I knew. And I just knew that I didn't want to focus on getting anxious. I wanted to distract myself from what was going on in the moment. So I kind of put my hands like this and focused on my fingers. And the craziest thing happens. So the headmaster calls my name, as in I won the raffle, I won the radio and cash and whatever else. Whoa! I, I told you the, the sliding door was falling. It is not looking good. Oh, oh, a big one is falling. Look, I'm just... No. Let me set a reminder to call my father. <laughs> Let me set a reminder to call my father after recording this podcast episode. Where were we? Yes, the headmaster calling my name. Headmaster calls my name. I've won the prize. Everyone is roaring with excitement. And I didn't hear that he called my name because I was so focused on distracting myself from the moment that the people around me were like get up come on go get it and i was like oh my gosh that's me and i went to go get my prize it was amazing it was fabulous i know these are very silly examples and very silly and ridiculous stories like a pair of shoes or the radio that i won in that math competition but in both of those instances and in all the stories that i told you the common theme and the golden thread the idea that i dared to believe God for something that wasn't mine and that I knew I didn't necessarily have the means to achieve or make mine. In the instance of the raffle, right, I am a grade three student with limited math knowledge. What are the odds that I'll be able to beat out grade sevens at doing grade eight math? And then on top of that, pay, be picked out of a, a box of what, 200 entries and be the one that is selected and wins the raffle? What are the odds that with only a certain amount in my bank account, 
God would be so gracious as to reduce the price of a shoe. I didn't even know Steve Madden was having a sale so that I could own a shoe that I wanted so that I could turn heads and dazzle at an event. And, and this is what I was speaking about in one of my podcast episodes where I said, I referenced the scripture from Matthew 6 where it says, you know, how much more is God willing to do if he looks, I even have my Bible here. Let's open up my Bible and read it bar for bar. I don't think there's a need. I don't know why I always feel the need to like paraphrase the Bible when I have it right here. Sorry, Matthew is at the beginning. I don't know why I'm all the way in Revelations. Scary. Matthew 6 verse 33. If God, mm -mm -mm -mm, first from verse 27, right? This is a message Bible. So unfortunately, everything is just going to be a little longer than usual. But, but you love God, don't you? You love the word, don't you? Yeah, you're going to listen. You're going to listen. Let's go. So it says here from verse 27. Now nah, we're going to go higher. We're going to go higher. I'm sorry, guys. We're gonna, we are going to read the word today, okay? It says here from verse 25. If you decide for God, living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or whether the clothes in your closet are in fashion. There is far more to your life than the food you put in your stomach more to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Okay, for those of you that have never heard the scripture, I need you to hang in because I know it sounds like it's promoting suffering and pain and just mass destruction, but it's not. It gets better, right? Um, yeah, so there's far more to your life than the food you put in your stomach and more to your outer appearance than the clothes that you hang on your body. Look at the birds, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, careless in the care of God, and you count far more to him than birds. Has anyone by fussing in front of the mirror gotten taller by so much as an inch? All this time and money wasted on fashion, do you think it makes that much difference? Yo, this word is speaking to me right now. That's crazy. That much difference. Instead of looking at the fashion, walk out into fields and look at the wild flowers. They never primp or shop but have you ever seen color and design quite like it the 10 best dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside the flowers if god gave such attention to the appearance of flowers most of which are never even seen don't you think that he'll attend to you and take pride in you and do his best for you what i'm trying to do here is to get you to relax to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. But you know both God and how he works. So steep into, yeah? So steep your life in God reality, God initiative, and God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not even happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. That is a beautiful scripture. That is a beautiful scripture. <laughs> I'm actually shocked. Like I paraphrase it so much that like I think I even forgot the essence of how beautiful the actual scripture is but isn't that beautiful just the picture that they painted if you think about the wildlife and you think about animals and animals flowers and nature and just the beauty of plants and the outdoors in general 
I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity. I live in South Africa, so we've got the best of everything. Best musicians, best rugby players. Best, you know, we just got the best. You know, we've got the big five, I hope, still out there somewhere. Right. But we've also got so much diversity in people, but also diversity in plants. And because it's so much in our country and it's so rich, I get the privilege of being able to experience it at any given moment whenever I want. The plant life here in my mom's area is not the same as the wildlife in the northwest where I grew up. And so everything is just kind of different and it's all beautiful in its own unique way. So when you think about the idea of the fact that in Genesis 1, God says, or not 1, okay, maybe not 1. Oh, maybe it's 1. No, it is 1. In Genesis 1, right, chapter 1. God says to human beings that they should have dominion over everything on the earth, right? That he puts us at the pinnacle of authority in the earth. And if God paid so much attention to the beauty that is nature and the appearance that is that beauty, how much more does God care about us? Like how much more does God love us? And when I think about scriptures like this and the idea of pursuing the calling that God has placed on the inside of you. I think about how silly it would be for me to not want to step outside of my comfort zone, not want to take the risk and make a big, bold decision to step into my future simply because I'm afraid of being seen trying by other people, simply because I'm afraid of failure, simply because I'm afraid to even embrace the opportunity and an opportunity that has been given to me today to pursue tomorrow. It literally says, don't worry about tomorrow. God will give you the ability and he will help you. He won't even give you the ability. And that's what I love about this um, scripture. It doesn't say that he gives you the ability to overcome whatever hard things. It says God will help you with whatever hard things you may face, which means that he's walking with you as you're going through these hard things. He doesn't give you the ability and say, ability given, go and do. He says, I'll walk alongside you and help you on your journey. That's beautiful. That's hot. And that's the God that we serve, period. <laughs> and it's very easy for us to like get excited and feel good over this. But I know there's also someone who's sitting here thinking like, okay, like I hear what you're saying about God helping you and walking alongside you. But realistically, like I've never experienced this help from God. Like personally, I just feel like I have so many prayers that I've prayed and God has done a terrible job at answering my prayers. So I don't want to hear anything about God will help you because I'm done. Right. And I think that if you are saying that, then you're in the best position ever. Ever. I said what I said. I really believe that rock bottom is where success is birthed. That's where the drive to do the unimaginable comes alive because when you reach the absolute end of your rope, when you reach the absolute pit of your life and you don't die and you realize that your biggest fears have come alive and you didn't die, that's when you become unstoppable. And I think that whole scripture from Matthew chapter 5 that speaks about you're blessed when you find yourself at the end of your rope. At, at a time where I'm very comfortable with my life and kind of like complacent with where I'm at, that scripture doesn't mean anything to me. And it didn't mean anything to me for most of my life because I was very comfortable with being a people pleaser and I was very comfortable with 
you know, pursuing things like being a robotics prodigy. Now I'm on Forbes Africa, like doing all these great things and never really attending to the true calling that was on the inside of me that I felt like God was pulling me towards my entire childhood. I was like being some sort of talking something, whether it's a radio presenter, TV presenter, YouTuber, whatever that looks like, right? And right now it's easy for me to look back in hindsight and see all of those things because I'm living in that purpose. I had the dream of being on the Miss South Africa stage, conquered it, like all these different things that I dreamt for myself as a child have come into fruition. So of course it's easy for me to sit here and look back in hindsight and say, yeah, yeah, God is good. Yeah, yeah, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. But going through the absolute pit really made me realize the true potential and the true depth of that scripture. Because when I hit rock bottom and I was depressed and I had anxiety and all these different things, all of a sudden, the things that I actually cared about started to come to light. All of a sudden, I wasn't concerned with the opinions of other people. I wasn't concerned whether there were people watching me, whether they were judging me, because I was too busy being occupied with being rock bottom. I was too defeated by everything that for me to get up and try something, I didn't feel like I had anything to lose because now I was at rock bottom. You have nothing to lose when you're at rock bottom. You can only get up from here. Like it can only go higher. And so I remember that hitting that rock bottom kind of gave me the audacity to stand up and go speak to my parents and say, listen, I'm going to disgrace our family, drop out of engineering and go pursue a career in digital marketing. And even when I pursued this career in digital marketing, not only did I do that, I took the further step to go and potentially disgrace our family <laughs> thank god i didn't have to disgrace them but like not that like not making it would have been a disgrace but like you get what i mean potentially disgrace my family by standing on top of the streets of instagram on a mountain on instagram and saying hey everybody i'm entering miss south africa 2023 and then i took it a step further i didn't just go on instagram because instagram is nice it's a safe space but then i went on twitter and i said hey Hey everybody on Twitter, I want to be your next Miss South Africa. I said what I said. And then I closed the app and I ran away and I opened my eyes and I had over a million views on Twitter and a million people supporting me, backing me, excited for me. And then I got the call and then I was inside and then I didn't disgrace my family, which was great. And I didn't have to embarrass myself, but I remember even towards like the days where I actually got the call to say you made the top 30. I was so content. I was so content with knowing that I had worked hard. I had spent months of photo shoots, preparation, you know, refining my vision, refining who I am, digging into myself, my why, why I wanted to be on this platform, how I wanted this platform to serve me and how I wanted to serve on the platform. All these different things were leading up to this one moment. And once I did it and I saw the fruit, because remember the fact that I had defined my why and my why wasn't based on walking away with the crown on my head at the end of the day, although that would have been nice. 
the fact that I was able to impact so many different people and I was able to give myself access to certain rooms and relationships that I otherwise would not have had without putting myself out there like that made it all worth it. And that's the first thing that I want to speak to you about is that I know that taking the big leap of faith and it, for you, it might not be as big as, you know, dropping out of engineering to go study marketing or putting yourself out there and, and auditioning for something like Miss South Africa on a worldwide platform. It might just be, you know, you are a single mom and you want to spend more time with your children, but you also want to be able to afford more things for your children. You want to afford a better lifestyle for your children. But in order for you to afford a better lifestyle for your children, you need to go back to school. But if you have to go back to school as a single mom, you're going to have to juggle school, children, and all your other many other jobs that you use to create multiple streams of income so you can afford to have a family in this economy. And that's not easy, especially when you're a single mom. And, and I would know this because I have a single mom um, where for a big part of our childhood, I remember the reason why I really wanted to learn how to drive and take all this different responsibility was because I could tell how much responsibility my mom had on her plate, but at the same time, how her delegating that to someone else made her feel guilty. So if like it was the wildest thing ever, like she worked so hard to give us everything that we needed. So we'd never have to like beg and never have to like be disadvantaged because of the fact that our parents were divorced. Like my mom did everything in her power, took us to therapy, like everything she could possibly do. She tried her best to do it. And at the same time, though, there were certain elements of herself that she sacrificed along the way in order for us to have the life that she dreams for us to have. And even the life that we dream to have, because that's the life she dreams for us, is the life that we dream for us. And me taking on responsibility meant that I could give my mom the opportunity to explore certain things in her life without having to feel guilty that certain things weren't taken care of because <laughs> I took care of it, right? But for you, you might be a single mom and maybe there is no child, you know, who is as thoughtful as me. I'm sorry, guys. My mom has the best child in the world. Sorry. I'm, I'm okay. I'll come back. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. I'm off ramping. But for you as a single mom, you might not have that same support system. Maybe you're a single mom to two ch little children who can barely take responsibility for anything. And you taking on this opportunity to go to school means that you'll spend less time with your kids. Whatever it is that your dream is, whatever big risk or big thing that you're trusting God for, I know that there will always be a trade-off of some sort. But the trade-off is never for a lifetime. The trade-off is always for that particular season. Just like the Bible says, there's a time to plant and a time to harvest. There's a time to work. There's a time to play. There's a time to be happy and there's a time to cry. Somewhere in the book of Ecclesiastes. Go find it. But it's literally what it is. Every single season calls for different elements of yourself. And in every single season, as you play off the different opportunity costs, it's a risk. It's a risk that you don't know will pay off. Sleepless nights is a risk that you don't know will pay off. Paying for tuition is a risk that you don't know will pay off because you could graduate with that degree and still find yourself unemployed because of the state of your country's economy and the way that decisions are being made above you and it's out of your control, right? But 
the very first thing that I, I think really, really, really helped me in your journey. And I definitely think will help you in your journey of making big, bold decisions in 2024 and beyond is defining your why and defining your version of what it means to pass or succeed and to fail. And I know for me, the thing that kept me bound in the idea that I have to stay in engineering, become an engineer, and then go on to do A and B and C and live up to all these different expectations that my parents had of me or I thought they had of me because no one actually verbally placed that on me. Those were just cues that I picked up and just inherited as my own. It was because for me, I understood failure as being broke and not being extremely rich. Like for me, because of the way that my parents raised me and the different elements of our, you know, lifestyle as a family and situations that happened in our life that, you know, kind of made us who we are, because that's what it is. Your fears are really just based on trauma, kind of, like to some degree. And I know like in our generation, we use trauma very lightly because all of us are on this whole like healing, personal development, self-help growing with God, Christian, woke woman thing journey that we kind of sometimes know too much for our own good. But hear me out on this one. I really think that healing and becoming self-aware is a really important step when it comes to taking those big risks. And the reason for me that lockdown and hitting rock bottom was such a big blessing is because it gave me the time and the space to really be by myself and uncover my why and uncover the reason why I think success is having five different properties in five different countries and like, you know, just having a lot more than I actually needed. I don't know why I felt success was a certain job or a certain position in society. And I know even in high school and primary school, that looked like being the head girl or being number one in the top 10. Those were my definitions of success. So when you become an adult, there is no top 10. There is no head girl. The next best thing that you can do is be the best career. You can be a doctor, lawyer, engineer. That's the best way for you to be the head girl of life as an adult, right? And the goalpost will keep on shifting, which is fine if that goalpost is yours. Because if you're a netball player chasing a soccer goalpost, you will always miss because you're throwing like this and it's always going to go over the goalpost and not into the goalpost because you're playing the wrong game. You're built and born and destined to be a netball player. And here you are trying to play soccer you will actually be disqualified all the time and you'll feel like life hates you and things are always just unfair because nothing ever goes your way but it's because you want to hold the ball with your hand and in soccer you don't hold balls with your hand you kick them in netball you hold it with your hand it's two completely different things and so knowing who you are knowing the gifts that god has given you knowing what you your limits are your strengths and your weaknesses helps you become a better person when it comes to taking risks and taking risks with God. There's actually a scripture I'm thinking of now. It's in First um, Corinthians 12 something that speaks about how God's strength comes alive in your weakness and the only way that God can show his fullest strength is if you allow him and admit that I'm weak in this area God I need you and remember at the beginning we read that scripture that says God will help you but God is not going to help you 
if you don't acknowledge that you need help so you're constantly like worrying about tomorrow and worrying about what you're going to eat next what you're going to do next and what you're going to this what you're going to that when it says just be focused on what god has you on right now so if in this season God is asking you to work on your public speaking. Work on your public speaking. Don't be focused on becoming a Pamela Mtanga or a, I don't know, Trevor Noah. You know, focus on where God has called you to and do those little steps. Take those baby steps because in due season, the opportunity cost will change. And now you can say yes to speaking engagements. Now you can say yes to being in certain spaces and rooms because you know that God built you for that in the private area. So know yourself, be self-aware, define your why, um, what success means to you and what failure means to you. Because once you've done those things, then it's easy for you to work at what you need to work at without feeling like you are behind in life and without feeling like you're a failure. I know a lot of the times when I'm in conversation with people and people are generally curious genuine i try to mix genuinely and generally but people are generally curious and sometimes i just have the most candid conversations with people and i know there's been discussions where it's like don't you ever regret your decision to drop out of engineering especially now because if you go on like linkedin you'll see most of the people that i started with in 2019 have graduated and are working as engineers as a result, they've got apartments, they've got cars, they've got a whole lot of things that I don't necessarily have access to because I chose to go on a different path. But when I think about if I had to be in their shoes and I was sowing seeds in that direction, 20 years from now, what would be the harvest that I reap? When I think of that harvest, is that a harvest that I define as success for myself? Will I feel fulfilled with that harvest? No, I won't. So do I feel bad about them having the things that they do right now? No, because they don't want to be supermodels. They don't want to do what I'm doing right now. They don't care for that stuff. They love to see it. I still get messages. I still talk to a lot of them. Where it's like, wow, you're doing this essay. Look, I'm rich now. So let me put 2,000 rand towards those votes. And I'm like, listen, you my G because you're using your money for the Lord's work. <laughs> like, vote for me to be Miss South Africa. Yes, high five, right? But they don't envy the position that I'm in either because that's not their dream. They want to like build Tesla's rival company. I don't. It would be cool to say I did. Like I would love to just do it for the bragging rights and to be able to like just walk around and say, I did that, I did that. But like, it's not going to fulfill me. And that's not my preferred future. And because I've defined what success is for me and what my preferred future looks like, I'm able to be comfortable in the fact that I still drive the car that my parents got me. I still live with both of my parents. Like I switch houses from time to time. I just do my thing. Like I just be doing my thing. I'm a student. I'm in my final year, praise God. And hopefully I'll be able to register and finish this year. God, please send the money. But at 24 years old, I'm still a student studying because I started a new degree later on in my life. There's a whole lot of things that like at my age, I shouldn't be doing and I should be way past, but I'm comfortable in because I know that these are incredible seeds in the direction of my preferred future. So get that preferred future written down, girl. It's going to save you. Now, the second takeaway I want to leave you with is a bit of a controversial one because I know that social media has got a whole lot of different takes on this. On one end, we've got people saying, 
Shout your dreams from the mountaintops. Let everybody know what you're going to do so we can motivate you to be better, stronger, higher, right? And then on the other end, we've got people who believe in like evil eye and like whatever. And it might not even be evil eye. It might just be a cultural thing. And I know even for me, like culturally, we're always told like, don't say your plans ahead of time out loud. Like people, people might plot against you. Like people might work against you. But when I read my Bible, it says, write the vision down and make it plain, right? So that those, which is other people around you who run past it, can see it and run with it. And I remember even when I was running for Miss South Africa, you know this because I told you back in 2021 that 2023, I'm going to run for Miss South Africa. And while that would have been a very bold statement to make on the internet and a lot of people would have advised me against it because evil eye and what if people plot against you and this is why you're not in south africa now you only in the top 30 because you spoke before the time and you let everyone in and blah, 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 you made this yay there's a whole everyone will believe what they want to believe at the end of the day i believe that my bold declaration of what i wanted to do is the reason why i had so much support when the time actually came for me to run for Miss South Africa. I remember Palesa and Kolofelo sat me down in a meeting January of 2023 to say they really feel like they should be a part of my journey. They offered to take all my pictures and all my videography. They even used their cast to drive me to Hartebius to take those pictures. I didn't ask them to do any of those things, but every single day they were pushing me and asking me, okay, now, this part of the vision had me thinking, what if we did it like this? What if we did it like that? And I think by the end of it, it's so funny actually, because when I met Lalela for the first time, this was our conversation. She was like, you are actually the craziest person I know because you had an entire team for your Miss South Africa. It was insane. You had a stylist, you had a photographer, videographer. Like I had a good 18 different people on my team that helped me accomplish that top 30 achievement not because i asked any of them oh no girl but because i was very bold and out there about it and even though fine i didn't make it all the way through i came back home and the support that i found on my way back was even more than the support that i found on my way into Miss south africa with people saying if you ever want to go back like call me i'm your girl like i'm your person clothes i got you hair i got you whatever you need, i got you you know and it's, it's things like this where because we have been so consumed with the thoughts and patterns of society and the world we've allowed ourselves to almost adopt the ways of the world and and, and the bible does tell us this in romans chapter 12 it says don't conform to the ways of the world but be transformed through the thinking of your mind right I, i'm paraphrasing again you know i love paraphrasing scripture it's like my favorite thing to do i should i should really learn to just pick up the bible and go but if i do that i'll get distracted and then like lose my train of thought so let's 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 stick with it right but it constantly reminds us to be transformed in our thinking and and guard our our mind and guard our thoughts and the reason why god says this is so that you don't adopt crazy things like evil eye and yes there are seasons where god will specifically say hide don't tell anyone about this one don't do this for now but at the right time i will tell you when to tell people like think of moses when moses was hidden in that basket in that season it was important for him to be hidden right away or else he would have been killed but there was another season where then he gets washed to shore and then he was revealed and then the sister who was watching in the background in the bushes hiding making sure moses is still fine in the thing could also come out and say hey princess i will help you look after the 
the, the, the little baby that you found, Pharaoh's daughter, I'm the girl for you. I'm the girl for you, right? Because there was a season for her to hide and a season for her to come out. So use your discernment and pray, but guard your thoughts against thinking like everybody else on social media. You don't have to think like everybody else on social media. So let's think for a moment. What if I didn't distract myself with my fingers and, you know, do that whole thing in grade three while the principal was trying to get a paper to announce the winner what if i didn't like intentionally guard my thoughts on the way from my dad's house to my mom's house around the steve madden shoes that i really wanted would i still have gotten the shoes at the price that i did would i still have won the thing at the price that i did and i personally believe i wouldn't have if i allowed the thoughts of everybody and all the comments that they had to say in my journey when i was busy guys when miss south africa entries open because i was making noise before the entries even open when they open i'm going when they open i'm going when they open if i had listened to all the people they said but you're too short but they don't like girls with loud personalities why would they pick you but they don't do this oh but they don't if i listened to all of that i would not be able to say i miss south africa top 30 2023 that wouldn't be something that i'm able to get why the bible literally tells us as a what what a it's in the book of James, right? But it speaks about being double-minded and how someone who goes back and forth in their thoughts and prays to God for something but doesn't fully believe is like a double-minded man. They're like the sea being tossed back and forth. And it literally says, this is the part that I know because this part hit me the first time I heard the scripture that you cannot get anything from God this way. And it's not to say that our God is not gracious, that he is willing to kind of give you little you know easter eggs on the way just to build your trust and confidence in him to build your faith but there comes a time where you need to stop being a baby christian just grow up and believe god and then guard your mind guard your mind and speak it with your chest when god says you can say it now and if god didn't give you the instruction to be silent say it with your chest because the finances that you're looking for for your dream the finances not the finances but the help whether it's a talent resource whatever it may be that thing is on the other side of your silence it's on the other side of your silence so write the vision down make it plain in big bold letters so the person who runs past it can take it and run with you and help you no way in the bible has a man of god ever achieved something on there well except jesus but even jesus didn't achieve it on his own peter was it peter judas had to sell him out for him to end up on the cross even jesus couldn't get himself on the cross alone he had to be helped by somebody else who knew that he wanted to be the messiah to save the people then he was like you want to save the people stupid guy he thought he was doing him dirty but little did he know god was working it out for his good and even just like that it's either you believe god or you don't and that's why i think matthew chapter 6 the one that we read at the beginning says if you're gonna say you're living a life for god then live it live a life for god because <laughs> like if you live a life for god evil eye or not God is going to work all things out for your good. As long as you are walking in righteousness, the righteous, the steps of the righteous are ordered. Believe it. Believe it, girl. Believe it. Right? And then the last one, because I, I can talk about this the whole day. I can talk about the idea of guarding your mind against the thoughts and focusing on the word that God gave you. So we're going to move on to number three and the last one. And that is embrace growth because growth means change. Things are going to change when you make decisions. And even when you make a decision to not make that decision, you've made a decision and things will change still. So whether you decide to do it or not, 
things are going to change. The real question is, are things changing towards your preferred direction or are things changing towards a direction that you're going to wake up in one day and then realize, oh snap, I've been living on autopilot for a while. I actually need to take charge of my life, take God at his word and act. Because at the end of the day, you can do the first steps, define success and failure for yourself, all those things, and then go and make a plan and be bold about your plan. But at the end of the day, all that faith without works is dead, right? And anything that dead, that is dead, does not grow. It does not progress. It does not bloom. Right. If you put a seed that is dead in the ground, it won't rise and become a mango tree that we're going to eat mangoes off of in December. That's not going to happen. If you put a mango seed that is alive, however, in the ground, whether it rains, whether there is hail, whether, whether what, <laughs> whether what, as in like weather, like the weather and like weather as in like weather, but like weather what, that thing is going to grow. And it's going to produce fruit. But also, again, the quality of the fruit of that thing depends on the environment that it's in. So here's the question that I'm going to leave you with today. What environment are you in? Are you in your comfort zone? Because if you're in your comfort zone, then you can't expect to learn. And if you're not learning, then you can't expect to grow. You need to go listen to the episode that I did on the comfort zone in relationships because it applies to every area of your life, really. But listen to that episode and then come back and listen to this one so that you can grow and flourish because you were born to be a star. You were born to be a history maker. Like You were born for us to remember the impact of your life.